Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Dr. Ron from Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored, here on Blog Talk Radio. We are here each and every Tuesday at 4 p.m., bringing you the latest medical commentary. We will bring you very interesting guests. We can be reached at 347-989-8899 or, of course, on the Internet at blogtalkradio.com. I thank you for making this the number one listen to medical program here in South Florida. And we will get on with the show very shortly. Thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Ron here, and thank you, thank you, thank you for the great uh, response we've had to our last two-week shows on vaccines and vaccinations. Uh, We uh, really did well. We hope that you gained a lot of information. In fact, we did lose some listeners, but we gained more than we lost. So thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for making us the number one listen to health radio show here in Florida. On the internet, I should add. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, today's show is going to be a, a, a lifestyle show. And Dr. Jerry Smith has uh, prepared a lot of interesting facts for you. Uh, I want to give you a few things about uh, Disneyland doctors and uh, Mickey Mouse doctors, as uh, Dr. Jerry calls them. We'll talk about that. Uh, and uh, Dr. Dan will be back uh, from Danville and uh, give us some insight. Uh, he's been away. But ladies and gentlemen, before we get started, this program contains general medical information. The medical information heard on this program is not advice and should not be treated as such. The information is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. You should never delay seeking medical advice, disregard medical advice, or discontinue medical treatment because of information heard on this program. You are encouraged to confirm any information obtained from this program with other sources and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. And ladies and gentlemen, that's really true. Uh, Although we're going to bring you a lot of information, I think your your, uh, health is really in your own hands today. Uh, you have to be very careful who you go to. Uh, you have to ask a lot of, and hopefully you'll get information on this program that will enable you to uh, ask the questions of your uh, treating physician. Uh, really important, really important. Uh, I'm going to introduce here our co-host, Dr. Jerry Smith, and uh, then I'm going to get on with my commentary. And I know he's prepared a lot of interesting facts for you today. Good afternoon, Dr. Jerry. Good to be with you. You forgot to say that the statements that you made in your consent was not reviewed by the FDA or approved. <laughs> well, you know, I run out of breath just 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 saying what I have to say. <laughs> Incredible. But you know, uh, you know, we're doing it, and people are appreciative of it. You, you've seen the emails we you know that we've gotten. Seen one one a real good one lately, anyway, and people do appreciate what we're doing and. Uh, I think they appreciate the amount of work that goes into preparing for this one-hour program. Uh, well, the people that have left, you know, they, they just don't want to be confused with the facts because they have their minds already made up. Yeah, they, 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 there are people that don't like the facts that get in the way. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you ever admitted to your doctor that you were using Google to check your symptoms, did you ever say, I Googled it, doc? Did he roll his eyes and shake his head? You know they have a name for that? They call you a cyberchondria. 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 Remember, did he ever warn you to stop consulting with Dr. Google? Well, there's a whole lot of people who regularly consult Google with their medical questions. But you're probably not going to believe who they are. Guess who I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen? I'm talking about medical students. That's right. Those studying to be doctors who either don't have the time or the patience to be consulting their textbooks. But as crazy as that sounds, there's something else going on that's even more bizarre. Google, it turns out, isn't the only Internet shortcut being used by future docs and even all those already practicing. 
for today's school students, kids who are playing with their iPads as toddlers instead of a rattle. Some research has uncovered that Google is the go-to place to answer their questions. In fact, a recent survey by the publisher of the Merck Manual. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the Merck Manual was just something all medical students carried around. It's a reference book for doctors. It's those publishers found that medical students these days don't even want to enter a library anymore. They're glued to their phones and think that all their questions can be easily answered by Googling. So if you're guessing that they must be ending up on some official site, maybe you think they're a version of Merck Manual or maybe a medical website, uh-uh, guess again. They're just Googling the same way we look for help with a how long pasta sauce lasts in the refrigerator, or how to fix a toilet. Same type type of Googling. So shockingly, ladies and gentlemen, only 7% of the students surveyed said they would check out a textbook. As one student noted, it's now, quote, high-speed world, unquote, where you can get what you need online in the same time it takes a walk into a library. Funny, but generations of good doctors practically lived in the library during their student days, but that's not the worst of it when it comes to getting your facts online. At least these students have professors who might, hmm, you would think, hopefully set them straight. Not with no way. The craziest of all would uh, have to be doctors practicing doctors who are learning to, guess what? They're learning how to do surgical procedures from YouTube. And the biggest bunch of the on-the-go uh, on online practitioners, guess who they are? Plastic surgeons. A recent survey of several hundred of them revealed 64% had learned how to do things like nose jobs and Botox injections injection from videos. Just think about that. A licensed doctor on duty in the emergency room of South Carolina Hospital needed to perform an emergency incision in a man's throat so he could breathe. Actually turned on YouTube for the instructions. Well, we're into a new realm, ladies and gentlemen. That's why I bring this to your attention. It may be great to have a car that parks itself or Amazon Alexa that you can talk to, but when it comes to doctors, I'd have to say I like the old-fashioned way. They learn things a lot better. When we were in medical school, we learned how to take a history. We learned how to examine a patient, to look at a patient, to percuss a patient. The kids and young boys today or young girls don't even touch people. I went to a medical conference recently, and the keynote speaker led with this. All the tests were normal, so we decided to examine the patient. Ladies and gentlemen, that's backwards. So be careful when you go pick your physician. Go to a doctor who's been practicing the longest and has a lot of experience. If you need surgery, well, you know what? Maybe some of these young kids that know how to uh, play uh, these television <clears throat> games have good dexterity. You might want to consider that. But if you have a problem and you need a good diagnosis, uh, you want to you want to check out that these uh, aren't just Google doctors. Okay, I have more to talk about NSAIDs and knee surgeries and uh, knee arthroplasties, which are just Billions of dollar industries, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, well, let's give Dr. Jerry a chance to jump in here. Well, the only thing missing in medicine is that they're not selling extended warranties. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's, they'll it's only they you, you pay the bill. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, I had fun preparing uh, for today's show. Uh, you know, it's basically uh, tips to tune up your body. Um, you know, simple stuff. You don't have to go swimming through crocodile-infested waters, uh, you know, to find these things. It's just common sense, as my grandmother always used to say, your common sense has to be learned. But um, just if you can cut out white sugar, white flour, and table salt for a month, you'll feel dramatic, uh, you know, changes in the way you feel. You know, the sugar actually... Uh, you know, stimulates the same part of the brain that heroin does. So it becomes addictive and the endorphins are released. And that's why you keep going back to the sugar and to the white flour. <clears throat> and, the you know, the flour basically is devoid of any organic nutrients. 
and it's fortified with synthetic vitamins. So if you're a robot, eat white bread, basically. Um, it sludges up your intestines, it's genetically modified wheat, which causes leaky gut, generalized bloating, has a high glycemic index, so it'll make you look like a little munchkin after a while. And the, the gluten causes inflammation. I know I had a patient years ago who had pain in every joint of her body, and she said two weeks after she stopped eating gluten, all her arthritic joint pains totally disappeared. Uh, table salt, you know, I use personally Himalayan sea salt because it's mined from the you know, the mineral-rich uh, Himalayan mountains. But most of the table salt, it's 99% pure sodium chloride, which in essence dehydrates and ages your cells. So again, by eliminating these poisonous substances, the body is better able to start detoxing the stored chemicals. And, um, you know, one of the things you mentioned about NSAID drugs, and I'll just kind of throw my two cents in there, it's the leading cause of gastrointestinal bleeding in the elderly. And ibuprofen, for example, helps to reduce vitamin C. So with reduced vitamin C, you're going to get fatigue, poor collagen repair, retards the whole healing process, uh, bruising easily, <clears throat> and um, loose teeth uh, and painful joints. Aspirin, you know, one of the most commonly taken drugs probably in, in Naples, I would think, or Florida anyway, to keep the blood thin. It reduces vitamin K, folic acid, vitamin C, potassium, and amino acids. The vitamin K is essential for your clotting mechanism, so you can bleed to death, literally, if you get too much aspirin in your system. Uh, and if it's bleeding in your brain, you're going to get, you got it, uh, an aneurysm will blow out, and you'll be uh, brain dead, or you'll have uh, severe deficiencies in the you know, muscle function or, or cognitive uh, arena. The folic acid, you know, again, the deficiency of folic acid are the same as fibromyalgia, so diffuse muscle pain, soreness. It's crazy. The vitamin C, you'll get trigger points, fatigue, depression, potassium loss, reduces plasma and platelet levels. Amino acids, you'll get uh, reduced amount, you'll get fatigue, potential heart arrhythmias. And, uh, again, you need the amino acids for your immune system for repair of the body. And the, so Jerry, one of the other areas, so Dr. yeah. Dr. Dr. Jerry, just, just with aspirin, and especially here in, in South Florida where there's a lot of elderly, aspirin uh, has a half-life of three days. And I don't know that a lot of physicians even talk about that. Of course It'll not. stay in your system and decrease your platelets by up to three days after one dose. So we have a lot of elderly taking uh, aspirin here, and I agree with you. And you know what? You know what elderly people are prone to do? They're prone to fall. And you, you hit the nail on the head. It's not just aneurysms, but they could fall and get a subdural hematoma. And I have seen two cases recently where people were diagnosed with de as dementia, and really they had a subdural hematoma. And when it was diagnosed and evacuated surgically, they, they came back to normal. But thank God for, for a good neurosurgeon. But uh, Dr. Smith is absolutely right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, aspirin, we are not an aspirin-deficient culture. We're not statin-deficient when we're born. And uh, you really have to know the risks and rewards of taking a drug. It seems like it's taking nothing. But it, aspirin probably today, wouldn't you think, if it was uh, brought out, probably would have to have a, a prescription? Oh, absolutely. Oh, and the other, right. the other interesting thing about these NSA drugs if they work, it's actually diagnostic that you're low in essential fatty acids because the essential fatty acids produce prostaglandin E1s and 3s, which are anti-inflammatory and also prevent pain. The other interesting fact, too, about NSAIDs, it prevents the uptake of amino acids. So if you have arthritic pains, the more NSAID drugs you take, then you're preventing the repair of the arthritic joint because it's blocking the uptake of the amino acids, which are essential to repair the darn joint. So you're actually getting worse. Again, your, your, your doctor's not going to tell you about this, but overall, any NSAID use will boost your risk of cardiac arrest over average. And how much is that? Over 50%. It can increase your risk of cardiac arrest. That's when your heart stops. Now, the study I'm quoting from, it didn't track how long 
people use the medications or uh, what doses they took, but it seemed that the folks who faced the biggest risk were, risk were the elderly and who had at least some warning signs of heart problems. So if you have some heart problems and you, you're elderly, and, and just don't go pop one. This, this study was done in Denmark, and in Denmark, the NSAIDs are only available by prescription. Think about that. Here in the United States, that horse has left the barn already. NSAID painkillers are cheap, they're easy to get, and they're heavily used. But you should be, this should be a reminder to you, ladies and gentlemen, just like Dr. Jerry said, besides all the biochemical abnormalities, they can do something for you you don't want, and that's because they can stop your heart. So another interesting area uh, to kind of tune up is uh, gallbladder issues. Unfortunately, uh, people that get their gallbladder taken out, it's really a liver problem when you're deficient in lipotropic factors, meaning uh, natural foods that help break down fat, the bile becomes thick like sour cream and it can't pass through the bile ducts. And guess what? That good morning cup of coffee, actually the caffeine constricts the bile ducts. So if you're having a gallbladder problem, it'll exacerbate it or make it worse. And you know, some of the symptoms of the gallbladder is like dizziness, dry skin, burning feet, Blurred vision, itchy skin and feet, uh, excess falling of the hair, uh, frequent skin rashes, bitter metallic taste. This is a, a common one. They'll ask their dentist or the doctors, how come I have a bitter taste in my mouth? They can't even connect the dots on this one. Painful and difficult bowel movements. Uh, greasy foods upset their stomach. Stools are light colored. Um, their skin peels on the soles of their feet. Pain between their shoulder blades because the gallbladder reflects back on T4, which is thoracic four vertebrae right between your shoulder blades. And again, many doctors don't connect the dots. Or do they palpate the area of the gallbladder, which is then around the curvature on the right rib cage, okay? And if it's tender in that area, guess what, people? you got a swollen gallbladder. That's not normal. But the docs don't touch anymore. I guess maybe they're afraid of lawsuits. Um, frequent use of laxatives. Uh, stools alternate between soft to watery. Uh, history of gallbladder attacks. And if you ever do get an acute attack, it's real simple to alleviate. You take a eight-ounce glass of warm tomato juice. It has an enzyme in there called tomatin, which thins out the bile, and it'll take care of the pain within five minutes. <coughs> Excuse me. Feelings of insecurity. Anyway, you know, belching, burping after meals. All are signs and symptoms of uh, you know, gallbladder issues. The key in the problem is thinning out the bile. So there's certain supplements that are available that, you know, like choline, for example, uh, methionine, betaine, and inositol. These are all part of the lipotropic factors and part of the B vitamin complex. Um, also, you, you want to have enzymes, lipase, which is an enzyme that digests fat. So when you eat raw foods like avocado, for example, it has all the necessary nutrients to make you better, but also to digest the complex fat. So the things that you want to avoid if you have a gallbladder issue are all fried foods, all pork products, all carbonated and alcoholic beverages, coffee and tea because of the caffeine constricting the bile ducts, all high-fat dairy products, fried eggs, all spices because that stimulates bile, and if it's blocked, it's going to be pain city. It says nuts of any type except fresh pecans are okay. Cakes, candies, pies, and sweets, gravies, cocoa, and chocolate because of the caffeine. Margarine, which is really good for axle grease, not for your body. Crackers and potato chips. <laughs> the bottom line is if you take the nutrients, apple juice every day, it has malic acid in it. It helps to thin the bile. Gallbladder stones are nothing more than thick cholesterol precipitations. And if you soften them up over a four- to six-week period with uh, apple juice, with beets and beet tops, the, the green tops have bataris in it, which helps thin the bile. And um, the apple cider vinegar, which helps to thin out the bile. And the key in the equation, when you do that over a period of four to six weeks, the, stone, the stones become gelatinous. So then you, you do a simple gallbladder flush. I do a modified one. Two ounces of freshly squeezed grapefruit juice, which is an emulsifier. It's 
and two ounces of, of uh, extra virgin olive oil and a quarter of a teaspoon of Epsom salts, which dilates the bile ducts. <clears throat> you, you drink that down an hour and a half before bedtime and take a hot water bottle, put it over your, your gallbladder, and then it squeezes it down and all the gunk comes out. patient had literally 75 stones documented by ultrasound. She told the surgeon that she's going to try alternative. He says it doesn't work. Six weeks later, he he gets the report. There's no more gallstones, and he wouldn't entertain any any more calls from the patient. So it's real simple. You want to keep your gallbladder because it helps to absorb sodium out of the bile. It's very essential. But again, you know, they want to cut it out, and they think you're solving your problem, but you're still going to have to watch your diet because you didn't get to the root cause of the problem, which is lack of lipotropic factors for your liver to process the fats. That's my story, Doc. Okay. Well, I like I like to go in on, on a couple issues, and, and especially gallbladder and, and especially females. Uh, please don't treat yourself because it could be the sign of heart disease. Also, right up, females can get pain right upper quadrant, right shoulder, left shoulder, and jaw, and it could be your heart. So before you start this program, which does work, you need a diagnosis and. Once you know the cause, then you could go ahead with the treatment. And I would just caution one other thing. As the stones break up and the sludge comes out of the gallbladder, it travels down a tube called the common bile duct. And if that gets blocked up, you're going to get yellow. So uh, I'll see if Dr. what Dr. Jerry says. Well, I think you should be under the care of a provider, health care provider so that you can talk these things and have some feedback because... It does work, but sometimes it works too good, and one of these stones could drop into that uh, common bile duct, and you could end up uh, not feeling too good, too good. You could be yellow, and it may affect your pancreas. Uh, yeah, the big yeah the, do, the big thing is you're absolutely right. You need a good naturopathic doctor or a good nutritionist, anyone that exactly. understands the real underlying problem. But the way I approach it is you prepare the body to soften the stones. You know, it's different than, uh, you know, your your kidney stones are primarily oxalate, which are a lot harder, and they, they tear when they go through the, the matrix of the, the kidney. But in 90, probably 99%, the gallstones are just solidified cholesterol. So by doing what I'd recommend with the malic acid from the apple juice, the beets, the choline, uh, you know, vinegar. the vinegar, yeah, the bottom line is it softens them. So when you do the flush you'll have minimal to no problems. It's just, uh, you know, play it safe. That's my philosophy. Exactly. And ladies and gentlemen, that vinegar that Dr. Jerry's talked about, it's also re- it also helps to reduce acid, the reflux and heartburn. Because you're, you're, you're probably not going to believe what I'm going to tell you, but the most common cause of heartburn is low stomach acid. That, or, but that's not, that's not what the cable guy says. But it is because you're not digesting your food as you get older, okay? So taking vinegar with your food at mealtime increases stomach acidity, which will help with heartburn and reflux and all and will help your digestion. Well, you know, the, interesting, yeah, the interesting thing about taking Tums is that it's a strong alkali. It says, oh, you're getting heartburn because you're over-acidic. So by yeah. pumping Tums, in, which is calcium carbonate, uh, limestone, basically, um, it's forcing the stomach to produce more acids, and that's what actually makes it work. It's not that you're too acidic; you don't have enough acid. So it works yeah. for the wrong reason. And this vinegar, it promotes a good acid alkaline balance. And you know, I was going to talk about vinegar next week, but you know, it does promote the growth of healthy bacteria again in your stomach. So the ingestion of vinegar helps with bacteria. It allows for minerals and vitamins to be absorbed from the food you eat because most people would say, you know, you you are what what you eat, but I would go one step further and say you are what you absorb from the food that you eat uh, because several vitamins and minerals require sufficient stomach acidity to be absorbed. So uh, everything Dr. Jerry said I agree with. Uh, I just uh, want to caution you, though, to be sure of the diagnosis make sure you're not having a heart attack. Well, the other interesting thing, you know, you need your your gallbladder, not only, like I mentioned before about the salt absorption, but the bile 
keeps the bacteria in the, in the uh, intestines under control. So that's one of the functions of the bile because those bacteria grow very rapidly. So if you cut out the darn gallbladder, the bile just keeps flowing, you know, without any control. And it upsets the whole floor, the, the biome there. And believe it or not, your intestines and your brain are literally connected via the lymphatic system. So if you start developing pathogenic bacteria in your intestines, you're headed for dementia because those bacteria migrate up into the brain. The brain is not sterile. I just found out this recently from uh, Marco Ruggiero's uh, presentation uh, at the Dr. Klinghart seminar, and it kind of blew my circuits, but it all makes sense. So, you know, you're not just playing around with little independent, isolated compartments of the body. They're all interlinked. Absolutely. And, 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 that, and that's true, though, about our whole body. That's why, uh, you know, the, the idea of going to a, a brain specialist, a nerve specialist, an endocrine specialist, and nobody's taking the time to look at the whole person because things are related. And the microbiome of the gut and the microbiome of the brain, really important. That blood-brain barrier, critical. And as Dr. Jerry said, uh, and I think I reported uh, this about a year and a half ago, that people without a vagus nerve seem not to get Parkinson's disease. And well, those that have a vagus nerve and with the same uh, precipitating factors do get it because they think the bacteria travel up that vagus nerve from the, the gut up to the brain. So we are related, ladies and gentlemen, and you are what you absorb from the food that you eat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let's just take a minute and talk about what we're going to talk about next week. Next week, we're going to have Dr. Joe, the pharmacist. He's the uh, proprietor of John's Pharmacy. He's a compounding pharmacist. And uh, we're going to talk about detox. Dr. Jerry has a lot of great information on that. And, you know, uh, most people you don't let their homes get filthy and disgusting. They clean it. Uh, we, we don't reuse paper towels. We dust. We vacuum. We keep our houses clean. But you know what? We don't do doing that with our bodies anymore. We, we, we let these toxins build up and get nasty. So Dr. Uh, Jerry started something about a gallbladder flush. Well, we're going to have other options next week, too. Uh, to clean up and detoxify. And uh, we'll talk about the benefits of sweating, uh, saunas, and other drinks that you can use and, that are natural. So next week, one of our topics, topics will be detoxification. The other two topics also start with D. One will be diabetes. And we did hit on that last week when, you know, we, we said that a lot of this uh, Diabetes now could be coming from the vaccines, which is an autoimmune phenomenon. So we'll talk about diabetes, pre-diabetes, and we'll also talk about vitamin D3, uh, the vitamin that uh, has, is a, has a receptor for vitamin D on every cell of your body. Every cell of your body has a receptor for vitamin D and for thyroid. And you'll be surprised they are connected. But they're the only two receptors on every cell of your body, trillions of them, ladies and gentlemen. So we'll be talking about vitamin D3. And uh, Dr. Jerry will again remind you, watch out for radiated madelin. Uh, that stuck in my mind when he brought that up a few weeks ago. So we'll bring that up next week. And Dr. Dan will be here. And Joe, the pharmacist. And, uh, and yours truly. I think it'll be an interesting show, Dr. Jerry. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, years ago, pharmacists was like your main center to get information. And uh, the good old pharmacists, I mean, they know a lot more than the docs when it comes to drug interactions because they spend, what, five years in pharmacy school, you know, pounding this stuff into their heads. Whereas, you know, the doctor gets, I mean, you and I, we went through school, we had pharmacology, but not to the in-depth a degree that the pharmacists have to deal with it. And, um, you know, they work with it every day, day in and day out. So they're familiar with the, the adverse side effects and uh, the adverse interactions of different medications that you're taking. Uh, you know, the doc doesn't have time. You know, you're running from one specialist to another, and nobody's accounting for what the heck you're taking in total. And uh, I think, you know, compounding pharmacists, 
they're like a dying breed. I think there's only around 1,800 of them in the country now, so uh, they're being displaced by uh, pill counters. Yep, yeah, and Dr. Joe is a is a compounding pharmacist. He can make up what you need, and he's, uh, he's even going to get certified to do uh, injections and have injection chairs in his pharmacy. So it'll be an interesting uh, uh, program next week, and uh, we'll talk about a lot of different things. And I'm sure diet soda is going to have to come up again. That'd be the fourth D. It's not in our show title for next week, but uh, that is a toxic. Substance and, and we've talked about diet sodas, ladies and gentlemen, for years on this program. I think the third show that I did back in 2013 was on diet soda. Told you about the risk of stroke and dementia, and guess what? April 20th, 2017, an article comes out: sugar and artificially sweetened beverages increase your risk of stroke and dementia. So uh, we were ahead of the head of the curve on that one, ladies and gentlemen. So. Uh, Tune in next week and uh, tell your friends about it. Uh, they can tune in at blogtalkradio.com under Dr. Ron. They can call in at 347-989-8899, 347-989-8899 to hear the show. And if we have time next week, we'll open up the latter part of the show for questions. If there's anybody asked questions, uh, we've done that a couple of times and haven't had that many uh, people jump in because most of our listeners are on the Internet. But there's a little Skype button up there on that internet shelf. If you have your computer on, and uh, you can Skype in, and it'll come into our calling board. So uh, don't be afraid to use that. Yeah, you know, the joke, yeah, the, real quickly, the the joke about the diet sodas that actually makes you fatter. It makes you crave uh, foods, you know, especially the carbohydrates. <clears throat> so in, in essence, what you think you're uh, saving in calories, you're, you're setting up this whole craving. Uh, mode, you know, which actually is going to put weight on your hips. Yeah, from your lips to your hips. <laughs> your lips but to your hips, deep. you got it. <laughs> uh, so, uh, let's see. A uh, couple things we could talk about uh, next week is chlorella and some of the natural green drinks, too. Uh, and we'll bring that to your... Uh, all right. Well, one of my favorite subjects is colloidal silver. I love colloidal silver. I make it. I use it every day. Um, I'm not gray, and there hasn't been a gray guy for quite a while if, if you're using true colloidal silver. Uh, we've been adding it to our milk. Not that I drink a lot of milk, and that's why I add it to it, because it prolongs the shelf life. Uh, we've been adding it to uh, flowers that we get for gifts. You get any flowers from the florist, you add some colloidal silver. Wow, uh, tremendous! They last forever. Uh, we and they don't and silver. they don't catch cold either. The flowers. <laughs> That's right, and and you know what? And they don't get gray either. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I need a break. <laughs> uh, we've been putting it in, in, the, in the reservoir of our toilets. Uh, it actually prevents adding algae. But sometimes it gets a little hot down here in Florida. And I've been adding it to, uh, I use all natural shampoos without any paraffins and fragrances. So I, I put it in my shampoo and lotion uh, and also in the uh, uh, the product I use to wash my hands. Um, believe it or not, it works great in shoes and it works great as an odor fighter or to, to substitute for potentially toxic commercial underarm deodorant. So either colloidal silver or milk of magnesia. Great option uh, to get rid of those toxic underarm deodorant. I mean, well, you the bottom line is if, if, if you tune in next week and you learn to detox on a regular basis, you won't have the stinky armpits. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But during the <laughs> detox period, while you're detoxing, you know, don't, don't plan on any social events. Because that's the whole purpose of detox, and let that stuff come out in the sweat and all the orifices, right? Absolutely. And then when you take the uh, antiperspirants, it prevents the detox from happening, and it keeps the poisons in your body. It's like lunacy. They use aluminum. And and I've actually found that using the underarm deodorant with aluminum, it actually will migrate into your pancreas. Wow. And that's bad enough, but suppose it migrates into your brain. Sure. So these are some of the things we'll be we'll be talking about uh, next week, and uh, I'm going to get over to my uh, 
my notes here and let's go to the next one. Well, yeah, while you're looking up, it says, I, I came across something really interesting and it's so darn simple. Ten reasons why pineapples are amazing. And I, I didn't realize this myself until I actually read the information. But every serving of pineapple gives you like 10 essential nutrients. We're talking like thiamine B1, riboflavin B2, uh, B6, which is uh, like a diuretic anti-inflammation, folate, tannithenic acid, B5, mag magnesium, manganese, potassium, antioxidants, and polyphenols, which are like beta carotene. It's an antioxidant. So the key here is that uh, it's a rich food. Just to, you know, don't get it canned. Eat it fresh. So you get all the the B vitamins and everything. And the other thing, it, it also one cup of uh, pineapple gives you your entire vitamin C uh, requirements for the day. And I know, I didn't realize that the pineapple was so high in vitamin C. And the food sources are always better because you get, you know, the complements of hesperidin, uh, rutin bioflavonoids, uh, tyrosinase, which is your organic form of copper that makes the vitamin C work. And it's also the only source of bromelain, which is phenomenal because, you know, the boxers in the 40s used to take bromelain before the fight to reduce the swelling from their uh, punishment, you know, their cuts and bruises and so forth. And um, it just uh, helps increase digestion, uh, reduce inflammation, you know, it breaks down the proteins that are hanging around in your intestines so your stools don't become stinky, uh, reduces your risk for age-related illnesses, uh, relieves asthma symptoms, which I was really uh, surprised because uh, it's anti-inflammatory and it improves infer or fertility in patients. It's actually a blood thinner also, which I, I didn't realize. Um, so it's simple little food and it's tasty and uh, It'll help uh, digest your your protein and um, make you feel better. I, I so that's my story. That. Yeah, I, I, and you should you should stick to it. But it reminded me of a pharmacist Joe telling me that he filled a prescription for a gentleman recently, and uh, it was for sixty pills. And the uh, client said to him, "He said, uh, my doctor said I have to take this for the rest of my life." <laughs> Joe said, "How come there's no refills on this?" <laughs> the guy was a little upset. <laughs> well, the corner. You know what? I just, I just have just so much came come across my desk this week. It's just incredible. Uh, I, I was looking at the again because I'm down here where people are getting joints replaced, like a, like people go out for a Starbucks coffee. It's just crazy. I just came across knee replacement surgery. What type of industry that is? I, if Jerry, it's going to blow your mind. $10.2 billion a year. Just oh from God. these. Just from these. And guess what? This research paper that I read this week said they have, it has something in common with Starbucks. <laughs> they both give you a little bit of bitter taste and disappointment at the end. <laughs> because it, it tells you they really don't work. They don't work well, except in the most severe cases. So it, uh, I mean, that's that's a lot of money, folks. So there, this study, I just just to, just to give you the numbers, because I, I like numbers anymore. Forty-five hundred people who had knees replaced due to arthritis found that it had minimal effect on the quality of their life. The ones that had effect were the ones that had very severe arthritis. So how that can you know why that doesn't that's why we spend so much money and have the least amount of, of uh, results for it. We we rank 30th in, in mortality morbidity or or infant mortality is 25 out of 30. So I you know, ladies and gentlemen, you know, you get back in a fighting shape, lose some weight, uh, see your naturopathic physician. Find out about glucosamine, conjointin, uh, work on those anti-inflammatory things, even like pineapple, okay? You're going to hear forever, you're going to hear a lot about inflammation in this program because inflammation is the root cause of most chronic diseases that we talk about. So uh, just don't become a statistic. It, it, it's just too easy to do. And I could tell you, too, that uh, there was another study. I'm not going to bore you with it. Uh, 
but you know, everybody's going in for these arthroscopies. You know, oh, I'm going to go get my knee cleaned out. Well, you know what? They did a. I don't know how they got away with it. Uh, they did some where they didn't fix anything. This one made 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 a cut, uh, and and most of the patients were satisfied that they had meniscus surgery, and they didn't have a thing done. It was a fake procedure. It says yeah. here, no SIBO. Study found it. Yeah, 96% of patients were satisfied with the fake procedure in which the knee was opened up and the surgeon didn't do the repair. Well, My the God. thing is, if you, if, you believe, if you believe that what was done is going to help you, you can take a poison, you know, and it won't kill you. But if you does believe, that get back to, to, to your belief system? Absolutely. You know, Bruce Lipton, Biology of Belief. Yep. It's way, they, the way you said when the people walk on the fire, you know, the Tony Robbins, they have that uh, exercise where you walk barefooted on the hot coals. Well, if you think that it's not going to burn you, it doesn't. But as soon as the people chicken out, then their feet start to burn. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, again, ladies and gentlemen, don't, don't sabotage yourself. Do not sabotage yourself. Typically, uh, and... Uh, Please get get opinions from naturally practicing physicians, naturopaths, and uh, and the drugs are the things that we've told you. We'll continue to tell you about the FDA how things are just uh, approved without with with sham studies. I mean, they're not really good studies. Uh, they're all all paid for by the pharmaceutical companies. So you got to listen. You have to listen. Talk up with this program. Uh, we're going to keep bringing you this type of information as long as we're able to. Well, Dr. Ron, i got to give some little heads-up advice for those people going in for their knee surgeries. There was a, a shocking study revealed that patients who went to the hospital on a weekend are more likely mm-hmm. to die within 30 days. The report also showed that the weekend admissions elevated the odds of a longer hospital stay, and that's all based on the fact that you're getting the third string on the weekends that are taking care of you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> don't get sick on the weekend. That's right. Oh, my gosh. And, you, you know, since we're, we, we, we've, we've strayed a little bit, I have a study from the Mayo Clinic. I'll just read a summary here. Found that easily over 20% of patients who came there for a second opinion had been misdiagnosed by their primary care physician. Misdiagnosed because why they had too much reliance on testing and they did they were practicing defensive medicine rather than laying on of the hands and doing it properly, and there were so many uh, tests ordered that they got confused and they were just dependent on the electronic medical records and they were they were they were they rushed out to, to fill out the forms rather than see the patient. So, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to what, what should you do when you go see a doctor? Ask them questions. If you can't have time to answer your questions, find somebody else. And Fire. do not assume the tests are always right. Well, you know, it's you know analysis about, paralysis. You know, analysis paralysis. Yeah, and and they're not the focused in. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the reports, the, the lab reports can be wrong 40% of the time. I mean, I don't know any engineer that can build a bridge with plus or minus 40% accuracy. A crooked one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be driving over it. So, you know, For sure. God bless us. So, you know, I read these things, and it really gives me a headache, and I say, why am I doing this? I, I'm looking at all these studies every week, and I'm, and I'm getting sick about it. It's, it's, it's Professor, it's, it's it's more than a game. We're dealing with peace to people's lives, and I hope I hope the young physicians realize that we're dealing with lives. And as I said two weeks ago, this might be the first generation of people that are not going to live longer than their parents. Uh, so, please, ladies and gentlemen, uh, do do your research. Hey, I uh, I see Dr. Dan just got here. Let's see what he's doing. When he's doing. Dr. Dan. Good afternoon. Are you feeling any better? Half and half. Which half? half? Match, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, which half? Which, which half is feeling good? The bottom half. No, I don't know. <laughs> Actually, uh, I'm I'm good. I'm good from the neck to the pelvis. <laughs> the rest of it's bad. So, so I guess you'll be good for a desk job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
you got me thinking a lot about this knee replacement situation. Because uh, some of this has happened in the family. It's been done. And uh, you think too many are being done that shouldn't be done. Am I saying? Well, the I'm, first question you've got to ask. I'm just reporting the Mayo Clinic. That's all I'm reporting. Okay. That's the that's the Mayo Clinic. Okay. Yeah. Well, the first question you got to ask the doctor, the surgeon, is did he buy a new house, a new Mercedes, or a new boat? <laughs> Probably both. <laughs> it's a tough situation. It's uh, but but sometimes with the bad arthritis, it seems like you really need to have it done. The worst, because the worst case of arthritis has the best results. Yeah. yeah, especially when you have bone on bone. Well, and there's you nothing know, else you can do. Well, there's some information out there. I know a good friend of mine, Jerry Tennant, he's a medical doctor down in Dallas, Texas. He was telling me he was using um, pulsed magnetic therapy on a patient who had severe bone-on-bone on the knees. And uh, I forget the exact time frame, but it may have been three months. Uh, But it was pretty routine each week to get the pulse magnetic therapy. And, And the radiograph actually showed that it stimulated the stem cells and the cartilage started to grow back. So... You know, there are modalities out there, you know, may not be double blind, you know, you know, type of testing, but these do stimulate the healing mechanism. Some people have tried this plasma therapy and this uh, stem cell therapy also, I believe, human, yeah, exactly. you know, your own stem cells. Yeah. It's, it's, it isn't covered by insurance from what I know, but it seems to have helped some people. Not everybody. Well, yeah, of course. You know, look, chelation doesn't work in 100% of the cases either. But anything to avoid surgery is my my whole focus anymore. Uh, less is more. My my opinion is even if it's a splinter, if you can avoid surgery, avoid it because you never exactly. know what can happen. Anything can happen with well, surgery. Yeah, it reminds me. It reminds me of the guy who uh, was being wheeled out on the gurney from the operating room, and he had a, a, a beautiful vase full of gorgeous flowers. And he said, "I just came in to deliver these to the hospital." <laughs> <laughs> they they say the worst. They had thing an opening. They had an opening in the OR, so they put them in. <laughs> they say the worst thing that you can bring into a patient's room is flowers. It's, Not if you put colloidal silver in the water, according to Dr. Ron. Right. When, uh, my, my phone here it seems to be dying. Uh, I'm going to switch phones. So I'm going to disconnect this phone. I'm going to uh, ring it back, okay? All right. All right. Go okay. ahead. I'll so see you guys Dr. in a few minutes. Dr. Danville. Dr. Danville. Bye. I'll be back. Yeah. Well, look, you know, that reminds me, Jerry. Uh, you know, jellyfish have survived what 650 million years, at least. Yeah, and that, yeah, and that's despite not having any brain. So uh, that right. gives me hope for the medical profession. Right, they're not they're not confused with the facts. <laughs> that's right. Don't get confused. Don't let facts confuse. Don't let studies, uh, independent studies, confuse you or knock you off your track from what the uh, uh, pharmaceutical representatives representatives are paying you. And they're still doing that. They're still doing I mean, uh, the fakenews.com had a huge article about how uh, uh, physicians are still getting paid. And, yep. and you know, there's two, there's two medical journals that are really respected in the world. One is the uh, New England Journal of Medicine, and the other is the Lancet. Did I send you that? Um, it tar- n- no, not yet, but, you know, w- go ahead. What? It no. turns out that the the, the past uh, editors of those two journals, uh, New England Journal and Lancet, uh, have really said that they they have they have published uh, articles that were that, that had the FDA seal of approval, but were not good articles. They just had it. They had to they had to put them in there. That's just horrible. Because the young guys are depending on those journals. Well, absolutely. Uh, look with Andrew Wakefield. Um, you know, the, I don't know, I think it was the FDA, they pressured uh, the UK government to clamp down on the Lancet to revoke uh, Wakefield's article of yeah. research about the MMR vaccines. And later, you know, um, uh, William, uh, was it Thompson, 
blew the whistle on the CDC and said that uh, Wakefield's research was right on the money and it was corroborated by 28 other independent researchers. But yet here the government, the UK government, forced the Lancet to retract his article, which is despicable. So, you know, you kind of get uh, calloused about <clears throat> these so-called reputable journals when they, they bow down to political pressures like that. Yeah, and and, and now I start getting uh, my antenna go up when I see sentences starting with FDA approves or CDC confirms or a study published in New England Journal Lancet. My antenna go up and I say, well, let me let me let me just not read the abstract. Let me read the whole article. Let me see what the, where the what's in the nuts and bolts. Well, yeah, the true and stuff yeah, they they suppress. Like I mentioned, uh, I was last week about the. Uh, you know, Judy uh, Mikovits, who blew the whistle on the CDC, and she wrote this book. I just got it, so I'm dying to read it. It's called Plague, where she, you know, th- she and other scientists discovered that the vaccines were being grown on on chicken embryos, and unbeknownst to the uh, scientists, the viruses were then from the chicken were being transferred into all the darn vaccines. And the CDC and the FDA knew about it in 1990. They kept their mouth shut. Because they didn't want to have a big recall on, you know, millions of vials of the vaccines. Plus, they didn't want to spook the people uh, so that they wouldn't get vaccines. But this is, you know, I'm putting this out to the listeners. I wrote a letter to Trey uh, Gowdy, who's a really top-notch pit bull attorney from South Carolina. He's a senator from South Carolina. And and I told him about that. I said, you know, the FDA comes out. And they they make a statement that drugs have to have safety documentation and efficacy documentation. So I said to uh, Senator uh, Galley, I said, there's research that shows that chemotherapy is only 97% failure rate, has a 97% failure rate, so a 3% success rate. And I said there was another study done in Australia that showed that it was 2.1% success rate. And I said, this is totally against the actual belief and the statutes of the FDA. I said, please. I said, you're one of the few senators that are out there that have integrity. There has to be an investigation for deception and fraud here. They're breaking their own yeah. rules. Well, are, are you still there? Yeah. Okay, now go ahead, Lucia. Well, no, you, you did the right thing. I mean, you put you, you stood up for your principles, and, and we all have to start doing that. Uh, yeah, if we don't get into the into the government's face and and force these issues, then you know you're not going to have any freedom. You won't you won't be able to go to the grocery store and and cash a check if you didn't get your flu shot. You won't be able to go to a football game or a baseball game because you didn't have a flu shot. That's where it's coming you won't to. Be able to. You won't be able to travel. That's right. So that and and as we talk about that that uh, health initiative for 2020 that's being funded by Bill Gates put in over close to seven billion dollars in that in that uh, study. He wants everybody vaccinated, and I guess we probably should somehow find a way to get to Bill Gates and, and let him know about uh, where he's putting his money. But again, well, he, I don't know whether he'll get confused with the facts or not. Well, he's part of the problem. You can uh, you can uh, rest assured that. I just want to cover a quick little topic that I found very fascinating about pumpkin seeds. Um, yeah. I, I didn't realize it, but pumpkin seeds they're loaded with magnesium, and and I think like seventy three percent of the people in the in our country are deficient in magnesium. And um, you know, it, it's simple. A half a cup of pumpkin seeds contains ninety two percent of your daily value of magnesium. So, uh, you know, when you're cutting over in your pumpkin for Halloween, save the seeds and, uh, you know, eat them. Uh, put, put them in the oven. It also helps to boost natural testosterone. That's a good one. How many pumpkin seeds do you have to eat? A half a cup. I never counted what a <laughs> half a cup is worth. But uh, I don't know about you. When I lived in South Philly, we used to sit out on the pavement in our in our beach chairs and spit the poly seeds in the street. We used to have piles of them. <laughs> So you just yeah, eat pumpkin seeds and, and sunflower seeds. Just spit them That's out. That's it. Right. And then, then, then your mother gave, gave you the broom and say, sweep them up. <laughs> Absolutely. Wait for a rain to go wash them down the gutter. 
So is there so, any other things that pumpkin seeds can do? Yeah, it improves mood and diminishes hot flashes. It can also help improve your mood as it contains tryptophan. I never knew that. I thought turkey was, and milk were the big tryptophan ones, but it's high in yeah. tryptophan, pumpkin seeds. And uh, produces the serotonin in your brain, which makes you happy. Pretty interesting. Wow. It also helps to fight cancer. It has a cytotoxic uh, uh, chemical in there that helps kill cancer cells. And lastly, it helps with insomnia because of the tryptophan that's contained there to help you, you know, relax and uh, chill out. Well, the big thing yeah. that you brought up with the blue, the blue light, you know, yeah. watch out, people. You said there's that program called Iris you can put on your computer to diminish the and blue your light that you and get. And your phones. Yeah, and it's free. Yeah. yeah. Well, wait, I got a problem, though. I, I, I'm, having, I'm eating pumpkin seeds. My testosterone is rising, but then I'm falling asleep. Now, how does this work out? You need a cup of Starbucks. <laughs> I got a high testosterone, but an awful urge to fall asleep. I, I don't know. There's something wrong with that picture. <laughs> well, we can get you cattle prod, and that'll get you started. <laughs> I see Dr. Dan's back, but uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, before we, we, we go too much further, next week, if you're fighting fatigue, shortness of breath, upset stomach, diarrhea, constipation, depression, obesity, uh, blood sugar abnormalities, maybe a fertility problem, and maybe frequent infections, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're not going to have you live in a glass bubble, but we're going to just try and talk about detoxification because a toxic environment can be the cause of some of these uh, problems. And here we get back to thyroid again. I mean, how how many times are we going to talk about thyroid, but it's critical. So next week, uh, even though we're going to be talking about detoxification and the entire toxic environment, uh, we'll be hitting on thyroid because it's part of the, the equation. So Dr. Dan... Are you back? Yes, I'm back. All right. That's the first time in my life that a regular phone went dead on me. How you like that? Well, uh, aren't you honored? Well, I'm glad you're back, and uh, we're we're just getting close to the end here, Doctor Dan, and uh, we hope uh, next week you'll be able to prepare for for detoxification diabetes and D3, vitamin D, and we'll have a, a good program with lots of practical advice for our, our listeners. And and Joe, the pharmacist, will be here, the, a compounding pharmacist who just got a, has a rich uh, background. Uh, I had the uh, pleasure of having dinner with him last week. Really knowledgeable guy, dedicated to his field uh, of compounding pharmacy and, and has to fight to stay in business because... Uh, uh, he can make anything and can make it a lot less expensive than the pharmaceutical companies. And, of uh, course, they, they don't like that. So, Dr. Jerry, uh, thank you. you uh, just a lot of great information. I'm going to keep those pumpkin seeds by my bedside and uh, see what happens. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you need those, Dr. Ron. <laughs> no, you don't. I'm just kidding. Well, yeah, just I, I need them. I need them. Yeah, I'm going to have to leave you with Dr. Seuss's great quote because of your problem. It says, don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. <laughs> <laughs> I applaud you. Well, ladies That's and gentlemen, this week, let's, let's make sure you uh, stop or at least limit your amount of white sugar, white flour, and regular table salt. Uh, Dr. Jerry, if you you know you want to hear it, you can. Our, all our shows are archived. You can go to Block Talk Radio at any time. If you want to listen to the two programs on vaccinations, they're there. They're on Block Talk Radio under Dr. Ron. Uh, you can listen to them. But Dr. Jerry talked about white sugar, white flour, table salt. He talked a little bit about detox. He talked about uh, turmeric. He talked about. Uh, gallbladder flushing. That, that's all there to be listened to. We talk about NSAIDs and aspirin. Uh, so all that information is available for you to listen to. Uh, 
glad to talk. We're going to be repeating a lot of stuff because it all it all does be, come back again. So I want to thank Dr. Jerry for a great presentation today, and thank Dr. Dan for getting better and uh, coming on the program. And I want to thank our listeners for uh, just your loyalty and, and keep coming back, even at, you know, on a live basis, although we are getting a lot of listens and, and uh, after hours. So thank you for that. We have over 200 shows in, uh, on Block Talk Radio that you can look up and listen to. Uh, we're doing this is 2013, and we'll continue to do it as uh, long as there's an interest from everybody. So, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Jerry, Dr. Dan, we'll see you on the radio next week. Ciao. Have Ciao. Take care. Ciao. Dr. Ron and Dr. Ron have left the building. Thank you for listening to Rejuvenation Health Radio here on LockedTalkRadio.com. See you next week.